You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of the Hoist the Colors podcast. I am your host, Stephen Igo. We are closing in on another game day. East Carolina hosting Campbell this Saturday, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. ESPN Plus will be the broadcast. And the Pirates are playing the Campbells for the first time since the 1930s, back when it was East Carolina's teacher college. So basically, this is the first matchup of the modern era. Campbell, of course, coming in from the FCS ranks. We will preview that matchup in a little bit. On the other side, I'm going to give my thoughts on the matchup and also my prediction, my picks to click as well for the football game. But we are going to start with a few notes on personnel with the football team, specifically the return of Josiah Hatfield, what that means, but also... We've got a special guest to get to here shortly. Shane Carden, the all-time leading passer in East Carolina football history. Most consider him easily a top three quarterback in Pirate football history up there with David Garrard and Jeff Blake. We're going to talk to Shane about a number of things, what he's up to these days in Idaho. We also are going to talk about his potential return to Greenville, North Carolina for a game later this year. He has not gotten back in a handful of years. He hasn't been back since the Scotty Montgomery era. Obviously, from Idaho to Greenville, North Carolina, not easy to get in and out of. So uh, we'll talk to Shane about what he's up to, also look back at some of his times at ECU. He's also just got married this past summer, so we'll catch up on his uh, personal life a little bit as well. And, uh, yeah, it was a great conversation with Shane. We'll have that here shortly. But first, some notes. Uh, As we talked about earlier, this will be – a weekend that sees the return of another important weapon to East Carolina's offense, Josiah Hatfield, who missed the first two games for academic-related reasons. He is eligible to play this Saturday, and Josiah is averaging 19 yards per reception over his previous three years as a Pirate. One of the best deep threats on the roster, probably the only guy that's faster than him step-for-step is Keaton Mitchell. And some even think Josiah might be just as fast, which, you know, I don't know. Keaton Mitchell's pretty damn fast. But, you know, really interested to see how Josiah has worked into the mix this Saturday because the wide receiver rotation through two games has not been 
really much of a rotation at all. They've worked in Kerry King a little bit, and that's about it. You know, Jarrett Gardner came in, the Duke transfer from up the road in Durham for a play or two after Isaiah Winstead lost his helmet in the game against Old Dominion. But outside of that, the only time the receivers outside of Kerry King have really gotten any playing time is at the end of the ODU game when the contest was already out of reach. So you got guys like Brock Spalding, Kerry King, and a few others who have been on the depth chart but haven't really been seeing a lot of playing time. And now you add a, a guy like Josiah Hatfield back to the mix who in the preseason was looking like a potential candidate for a breakout season. Unfortunately, of course, had the uh, situation that led to the two-game suspension. But from everything I've heard, you know, He's as focused as he's ever been in his career. I think the the reasons for missing the first two games for academic reasons, um, for those, and I've reported on Hoist the Colors in our VIP message board, I mean, you know, with some of his personal stuff going on, like, it's understandable. It's not like he was just ditching class or anything for the hell of it. So, you know, I think he's as focused as he's ever been, and I'm expecting a good year from Josiah Hatfield. I think he's got a chance to, even if he's not making four or five catches a game, just his presence on the field, again, averaging nearly 20 yards per catch. He's he's a guy that when he's on the field, the defense has to be aware of because if you leave him on one-on-one coverage, you you better believe that the Pirates are taking that shot downfield if possible. So um, we'd like to see him utilize on some shorter stuff as well because I think he's very dangerous after the catch. But I don't know how much you show in this game against Campbell. You know, we'll see how it plays out on Saturday and then going forward once conference play begins with Navy the following week. By the way, the Navy game has been announced as a 6 p.m. kickoff on September 24th. That will also be an ESPN Plus broadcast, so another night game. Four consecutive home games for ECU, three consecutive 6 p.m. kickoffs. I don't want to hear anybody complaining about noon kicks for a while. Uh, this has been a good draw for the Pirates from a tailgating perspective, and so I'm sure the tailgating lots will be full uh, this coming weekend and the following weekend with good kickoff times. I've got a few questions as well about the betting line for the Campbell game. A lot of sports books do not release a line until very late in the week for FCS versus FBS games. There is one book out, according to VegasInsider.com, win bet sports books. They have East Carolina currently, as we sit here on Thursday afternoon, as a 30-point favorite against the Campbell Fighting Campbells. Uh, Campbell, I'll get into it after our interview with Shane Carden, but I think they are dangerous in a few areas in particular. Not that I think East Carolina will lose the football game, but if the Pirates don't show up on Saturday, we know anything can happen. If they turn the football over, don't play sharp. I do think just the vibe I get, especially from the coaches, is that the coaches are absolutely locked in. They're treating this like any other game. And, of course, they're going to say all that, but they really are treating it like any other game from a preparation standpoint. And, you know, fans want to talk about, oh, we need to start Mason Garcia, get him some reps against Campbell. Now, if you do that, you just send the completely wrong message to your football team. You can't just start your backup quarterback and expect your football team to to take the game seriously. That's just the wrong message to send. So any talk of that is – is premature by far. Uh, that's not going to happen. Holton Aylers is going to start, and this is going to be played like a normal game. I mean, last year you played Charleston Southern. You were down 14 nothing after two drives, and you were in a dogfight the rest of the game. And 
you know, it's possible that happens Saturday if ECU doesn't show up. But I also think if you're ECU, you want to avoid that. You play your guys right out of the gate. You don't hold anything back, and you go for it. And you try to bury them early, and then maybe you get some of those guys in towards the second half, towards the end of the game, if things go uh, according to plan. But we all know live sports, and we know pirate sports, and we know college sports. How often do things go according to plan? Certainly not all the time, and and so I'm expecting a uh, a competitive game Saturday. What that final score will be, I'll give my take towards the end of this podcast. So, all right, that's enough for me. You guys don't want to hear from me, but so much. So let's get into our interview with Shane Carden, the captain himself, pirate legend Shane Carden. We hear from him on the other side after this commercial break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, I'm joined now by East Carolina former quarterback Shane Carden. He's now in Idaho living up the good life. He's a, a married man now. So Shane, we'll, we'll start with that. You got married, I believe this summer. So how's the, uh, how's the married life? I did. Uh, it's great, man. Um, you know, it feels like everything got better after that. Maybe it was just uh, all of a sudden we're married. So uh, she, she was happier with that ring on the finger. I don't know what it was, but uh, no, it was great. Um, the marriage is great. I got a bunch of those East Carolina boys up to Idaho. So tried to finally show them where I live. It's not the middle of nowhere and it's actually kind of nice. So, uh, they were shocked and we just had a blast, man. It was a great time. So what's, I guess who I was able to make it back for, for pirate fans listening, uh, you know, was it like a, a reunite, uh, reuniting situation for the whole ECU football team from that era? It felt that way. You know, I, I invited a lot of guys, um, you know, Hardy's playing in, in uh, Canada, so he couldn't make it. Um, I had both Breon and um, Coop that were uh, supposed to be here. I had last minute some problems traveling, uh, couldn't make it. But uh, CJ, Rocco, Jeremy Grove, Bryce Williams, um, Lincoln Riley made it. Rough, uh, Rough's taking care of his pops. He couldn't make it. Uh, but him and Arlene were supposed to come and we had a few other people and um, yeah, it was, it was quite the uh, just kind of um, getting back together and um, wild time. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It was cool to see those pictures of you guys all back together again. Cause like you said, you are out in Idaho and I tell you, man, I get asked what's Shane Carden up to these days. And I'm just like, man, I just know he's, he's loving it out in Idaho. And I don't think I've ever asked you like what led you out there in the first place. Uh, is there a reason you, you went out there? Um, yeah, I mean, so my, my, my family's had a place up here, um, for kind of ever. And we spent a bunch of time up here, whether that was, you know, growing up or, um, it worked out pretty well. Cause after the bowl game, they were always up here. 
And uh, it was just such a perfect place after, you know, a season of stress and beating up your body to come up here in the mountains and kind of get away from it all. Um, and just place I could almost at that time, almost hide out and just kind of regroup, you know, um, get energy back and kind of go going into off season. Um, so it was a great place to recharge. And then, um, you know, I was bouncing around different leagues. I kind of joke with my buddies up here. I'm like, you know, I get to try out all the leagues. Um, just fun for me finishing with the arena before that it was, you know, Canadian for that. It was Germany before that, you know, my taste with the NFL and, uh, you know, I was kind of realized I was done playing, got hit in the head too many times and realized, you know, maybe, maybe arena isn't quite for me and maybe I need to start figuring out some other things. Um, you know, I had kind of a different couple of jobs lined up. Um, I was supposed to go out to LA to interview for Fox sports. And, um, at one point I was actually on this, uh, pretty big camp trip and woke up one morning and just decided, you know, I would like to do this. I'd like to live in a place with mountains and, you know, I have a kind of already had a base here and, decided I was going to try to make this work. And uh, I think over the last few years, I've realized, you know, you kind of do what you love and you, you live where that, wherever that is, or you, you know, love where you live. And then you find a job to make that work. And I think I've done the latter and um, found a fun job in real estate, get to coach and ball um, and live somewhere where I absolutely love, um, you know, and I, I joke all the time, if this doesn't work out and uh, I'd probably just go back to Greenville or North Carolina because I got plenty of connections there, but uh, I'm just loving it up here way too much. Yeah. And people, they too ask me like, is Shane Carden ever going to get in the college coach? And I'm like, man, he's, he's got a lot less stress right now. Obviously you're a high school head coach, so there's some stress that comes with that. Um, but still, I mean, you, you sound like you're just at ease in Idaho and, you know, I'm happy for you that you're, you're having a, uh, a fun time out there, obviously starting a family now. So that's awesome, man. Well, uh, Update us on your high school team, man. How are you guys going? I know you were rebuilding the program when you took over the job. How has that process gone? Um, you know, it's it's <laughs> choking this year, man. It's not one thing, it's another. You know, when we were rebuilding, COVID um, happened. And for whatever reason, our school board decided to only let my team play two games that year. and The rest of our league played all theirs. So um, that was a tough year for development. And then after that, you know, we had last year, I think by the end of the season, we had two seniors playing in the last game and seven sophomores. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's a great place to live because there's a lot of things to do. And um, football is not a main focus for a lot of people up here, which has been hard for me to understand uh, coming from the places I've been at. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been tough. There's definitely been some challenges, um, but I, you do it for the kids, right? You're not, you're not specifically up here hundred um, percent in high school to win games. Obviously that is a bite product of you know doing things the right way and, and getting these guys to develop you know and this this season we just had some you know crushing losses to start just barely losing and then um, going up to Jackson last week and kind of getting our butts kicked but homecoming game this week and uh, you know we got some banged up guys but you know this the group that we've built they just kind of keep coming back Monday ready to work and um, you know it's been fun to to be a part of a program where, you know, these kids, um, you know, haven't had maybe people with a lot of football background, obviously you get plenty of um, coaches moving around and, and all that, but, you know, it's been fun to tell them stories with when they ask about, you know, kind of the career and what's next and what you can do with football. And uh, luckily I've been able to, you know, let football take me to a lot of different places and just kind of hoping these guys can see that and realize that this sport is, you know, in my mind, the greatest and hopefully uh, they feel that way after they've played four years. 
So how much are you able to still still watch the Pirates? Do you do you watch them every Saturday, even when the games like are on ESPN Plus, or is it you know kind of hit or miss with, with your schedule? The, ES, the ESPN Plus is a little bit harder, um, and the way and especially my schedule works like Saturday is my kind of my one off day. We game plan all day Sunday, um, but obviously if it's on ESPN or um, any kind of national network that things on or get recorded or whatever it is. Um, you know, and I get to be around, I'm, I'm maybe relaxing a little bit just at home on Saturdays, but it's ESPN plus it's always up. If I can't see it, it's obviously game cast that I'm, you know, following along. I mean, it's almost like Twitter has become the new game cast too. Cause like game cast, you kind of just watch and see what's happening, but Twitter, I get to see the reactions. I get to see your tweets, see how you're feeling about it. And if you're angry, then okay, I should probably be angry about something. I try to be I try to be level headed, Shane, but sometimes it's hard, man, especially with the block kicks and block punts, you know. Hey, as we say, man, if you're if you're getting emotional about it, that's okay because you care. You know what I mean? If you didn't care, you wouldn't be emotional. I know there's no doubt, man. There's no doubt. And uh how weird was it for you watching the NC State game if you were able to watch it, seeing a rough like they did? I knew they did a big feature on him and he's in the NC State red. And that I mean, that was a crazy game in itself. But did you get a chance to watch that and just your thoughts on that game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, first, the first part of that question, you know, rough and you know, seeing the, the kind of features on it before. So kind of was preparing myself seeing that, but you just still see like every place he goes, like he's just affecting people in such a positive way. Um, that's great to see and great that, he, you know, he can be still around his family right now um, and be able to coach and still affect, you know, young men's lives in college football. Cause you know, he's one of the good ones. And, um, but obviously to see him in the red and see him on the opposing sideline, uh, was a bit shocking. Um, and I'm sure it was, it was probably weird for him as well. Probably more weird than any of us could probably ever imagine, um, you know, playing and coaching on the other side for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that stood out, um, in that game was obviously the competitiveness. Um, but just the fans, man, I mean, it, it looked, I mean, we broke attendance records, which is, you know, I, I didn't know there was any more seats to be filled after that, you know, 2014 North Carolina, apparently there was their standing room or something. Um, but no, just to see that, just to see the excitement back. And, um, obviously, you know, NC state that, you know, in state rivalry is awesome. And, you know, it needs to keep happening. I saw a bunch of positives that whole week with, you know, app playing North Carolina and all that. Clearly, it's it's a positive thing. I know those bigger schools may not like it as much, uh, but they both you know came out on top. So I don't see what you know they should be complaining too much about. Um, but you know the biggest thing for me was was the fans. And obviously, you know on the field, you know the way we were playing, um, the the physicality of the defense, you know, huge. Um, and that's something that you know had to be changed and clearly has been. So um, it's good to see that rocking. You know, got the win against ODU. Got Campbell coming this week. So, you know, just hoping we continue that. And as we get rocking, rocking into conference, you know, we're healthy and, and can bring that excitement um, each week. We're visiting with Shane Carden, former East Carolina quarterback. Shane, we used to have like this, the weekly segment on Pirate Radio where you would come on. I think that was mostly during the Mo era. <laughs> yeah. Like in every week, it was like the same conversation. So I know it was frustrating for you guys that left the program in a really good spot to kind of see it spiral down the way it did. Like, you know, do you kind of have that pride back seeing how, how Mike Houston and his staff have kind of rebuilt it back with, you know, some similar or some familiar names like Donnie Kirkpatrick on staff. You still have some ties to the program. Do you, do you kind of have that pride back uh, that you that you always had as a player, too? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, we've come on. I mean, even like 
remember when I was in Canada, we had like betting pools for our schools that week and see what our records were. And, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money during that time, um, you know, betting for that, but, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Having pride back, having trip there, having Donnie there, um, you know, hopefully getting to meet coach Houston this year, um, long overdue, just big fan of his, you know, taking over my own program. Um, big fan of what he does, says, and how he handles himself. So, um, and the biggest thing, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a bit of miles away and, you know, I'm always rocking my ECU stuff and, you know, people are like, you know, ask me about this and that and I go oh, tough, you know, it's been tough loss, tough loss, tough loss. It's like, yeah, no, I know. I, I know more than you. Um, and so to, you know, even the first game that was nationally televised, you know, going to practice Monday, having the other coach, damn, man, you guys should have won that one. I was like, all right, easy. You know, I don't, we don't need to go there right now, but uh, yeah, I mean, absolute pride back and just, like I said, this, the excitement and seeing the stadium and having that on a national level and getting that back to where, um, you know, I think we had it at one point <clears throat> um, is huge. And yeah, there's a lot of pride to that, and, you know, being a fan now, uh, being an alumni and a fan, I mean, it's great to see it. And um, just like I said, I hope we can get this rolling right here and get it rocking into conference. Shane Carden, you're you're the all-time leader in passing yards as of this recording, 11,991. <laughs> yeah. So Holt Naylor's, I think he's about 1,200 yards away. And to be fair, like, I mean, you played three full seasons as a starting quarterback. You also had some time as a receiver, if I remember correctly. Uh, which <laughs> there, was a, there was a game at receiver, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Holton, he's on his fifth year, and obviously, you know, he took over a program like we talked about that was in a rough spot. He's kind of built it up to 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 the level that it it needs to be, and what we always expect from East Carolina football. But as you see him, you know, he's a hometown kid. He probably grew up watching you. He says he has. I mean, as you see him coming towards some of your records, like what are some of your emotions like as you see like a a guy in his shoes uh, potentially about to break some of your marks? I think it's awesome, man. I mean, it's the same way when I was, um, when I broke David's, David's record, um, stood for a while. I mean, we threw the ball a lot more, you know, I mean, we had a lot more attempts, um, you know, so Holton had another year or so, like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's circumstance. And, uh, you know, I'm sure if David threw the ball as much as I did, he, his record would probably still be standing. You know what I mean? Like it just, it is awesome. And, you know, I love the fact that, like my story compared to Holton is just so different. And that's what I think what ECU is, right? You just have all these different stories. You have Holton who's from there. Um, people knew in high school, throwing highlights on, you know, your guys' networks before he got there. And for him to, you know, be the hometown town kid to turn it around, it's it's awesome. It's great. You know, I just, my end was very different. Like I, I had barely even been out there. I didn't know much about ECU or Greenville. No one knew much about anything about me. Um, so and I, I think, like I said, I think that's what makes ECU so great is you have just such different stories coming to that school. Um, but to see these guys do it this way and, and they definitely had to battle through, man. We just talked about our time talking and have it being frustrating for us. I mean, no doubt. Those are the guys who are getting hit and putting all those times on the practice field. And, you know, we think it's frustrating for us and the fans think it's frustrating for them. Man, I can't even imagine, right? You put all that time in. Like, we, we got to have some success putting that time in. When you're just battling through and battling through and you're not having success, that's tough, man. And that's tough to keep hanging on. Um, so, yeah, it's great, man, for a kid from there. I say kid, young man, man. Um, someone who's battled through all that, you know, adversity and, and down years and a kid from there who decided to stay there to build it back and, and break my record, man, it's awesome. And so, uh, again, look, I haven't met him, so I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting him uh, this year.
couple more things for you, Shane. We'll let you go. I want to go all the way back to when Rio Johnson was named starting quarterback. Uh, and I was covering the team then pretty early in, in our time at Hoist the Colors. We actually got it started right when you guys were in school. But I just remember like your reaction. You you know, you were pretty bummed. I mean, you were you were frank about it because you yeah. kind of felt like you deserved the starting spot. Um, take us back to that moment where like, you know, you didn't win the starting job after putting in that work, how frustrated you were, and then to kind of see it come full circle when you did get the starting job uh from that point forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously bomb, right? Same thing we were just talking about. You put in all that time and, and, uh, you know, you do things that you felt were the right way to do it and hold yourself in the way you felt like as leaders, a team you, you needed to do, um, you know, they wanted to go a different way. And yeah, I was absolutely bummed. I mean, I remember getting my parents got a, uh, letter in the mail from like a school in Texas, D1 AA school saying that I needed to transfer and come down. There was a spot and like, you know what I mean? Like all this stuff's happening. Um, I, I uh, very vividly remember though, having a great conversation with coach Weaver trip. Um, we talked for a while and, uh, you know, I, I, anytime I get an opportunity to talk about trip, you know, I, you know, he's, he's way up here in my, in my book for, for helping me through that time. Cause you know, obviously I was devastated. The emotion I showed to you was probably just the tip of the iceberg of how I really felt. Um, cause I usually didn't like showing emotion to you guys. Um, but yeah, totally, totally rocked. And um, so me and Trip talked for a while and he just said, man, you gotta, you gotta hang tight. <clears throat> you gotta stay ready. You're going to get an opportunity. I don't know what game it's going to be, but it's going to happen. And it could be sooner rather than later. So you gotta be ready. And so, you know, once you get over the fact that, you know, it is what it is, and you kind of gear back up. All right. I'm going to be ready to rock and roll. Um, it happened in that South Carolina game and first throw, I throw an interception, get yanked. And I'm staying there on the sideline. I'm like, man, that's it. Like that, that is it. I'd already been told about the letter. So I'm like that. Like I am probably out of here because that was my one chance. I threw a pick. I'm not going back in, you know, I wanted to play wherever it was, but, um, and then fortunately enough for me, unfortunately for other people, uh, the pick six was thrown when I wasn't in and I got put back in and I was told Shane, if you throw another pick, you're not going to play for me. <laughs> so we go in there, score 10 points. And then, um, you know, after that, I was like, man, I don't, I don't care if I'm dragging myself to the next play. I'm, I'm not going off the field. And like a few games later, we're playing UTEP, and I got totally rolled up my ankle, like limping. There's a clip in a highlight video where I throw like a little fade pass to Hardy for a touchdown, and you can kind of see on the corner of the screen when I throw it, I'm like limping up and down, just throwing a fade ball, like five yards. And so they're like, hey, we're going to take you and wrap it. I'm like, no, 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 we're waiting until halftime. Halftime, you could put a block on it. I don't care, but I'm not going to come out. Um, and that was it, man. It was just once once I was there, I was like, dude, do not have any reasons to ever be taken off this field again because I knew the feeling of that. Yeah, and you, you stayed on the field the rest of your time outside of the the Birmingham Bowl where they put Ben Kurt in. But, hey, we're not going to talk about that, all right? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> that one's still too Fred. I that last season, there's a couple of things we still don't need to talk about. Still haunt me in my dreams. So yeah, we don't need to talk about that yet. I understand. I understand, man. <laughs> maybe maybe when you're back later this year. Uh, speaking of that, so you, you might return for a game later this year. I know you guys are are working on it. Uh, you came back for a game during the the Mo era, I believe, but haven't been back since since Town Bank Tower was was finished. So uh, update us on uh, the potential return of Shane Carden to Greenville. Yeah. So, you know, with our, with my season and just the travel from a small town to a small town, it's a little difficult, but um, it's looking like November 19th, 
Um, I believe that's senior night for for these guys um, is the only home game I'd be able to make. So we're we're making plans right now to do that. It just so happens uh, Houston's coming, so um, I'll be extra geared up for us to play against Houston. Always am, um, and that's that's gonna be a great game, man. Especially end of the season. I mean, both teams should be should have a good season, so it should be a great game. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to seeing all the all the change. I've seen the pictures, the videos. I've seen other guys take videos as they go, and uh, really excited to see everything that's gotten done. That's um, it looks just absolutely awesome. Um, and all those pictures and videos. So I'm sure in person will be even better. But yeah, really looking forward to get back and, um, you know, just kind of being back somewhere that's, uh, you know, I, I really take as, um, you know, a second home to me, a third home now, I guess. I've moved around quite a bit, but um, definitely a place I always, always look forward to getting back to. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. If, if ECU has the season I think it can have and Houston has a season they can have, I mean, there could be a lot riding on that game. So, but uh, It'll be fun to have you back, Shane. I know Troy at Pirate Radio at the Pirate Radio tailgate. He'll be trying to uh, to have a time with you. So uh, hopefully he doesn't hog all your time and you can get around to see everybody. I'm, sh- I'm sure we can make time for everybody. No problem with that. Well, Shane, man, it's been awesome to have you on. We appreciate the time and uh, always good to catch up and, and hope you and your wife are, are doing well out in Idaho, man. We appreciate everything. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. There he is, the captain, Shane Carden. Always great to catch up with Shane, and tell you what, man, one of the best. Just a great dude. Really enjoyed getting to know him when I was in school. Of course, starting Hoist the Colors, uh, he was the quarterback, and you know, it was always awesome to work with from a media perspective. And you know, just a great guy. And glad he's out in Idaho, enjoying life and doing his thing. Really hope uh, we're able to connect later this year when he comes back. Hopefully, that ECU Houston game will be a big one. And maybe a trip to the conference championship or some type of conference title implications will be on the line in that mid-November matchup. That would be a heck of a heck of a game for Shane to return to. Um, last year in late November, it was a great atmosphere for Cincinnati with everything they were playing for in ECU coming off, I believe, four consecutive wins at the time. So hopefully we can get that same type of atmosphere for later in November. But lots lot to take care of before then, of course, for this ECU football team, starting with this weekend against the Campbell Fighting Camels. Campbell 0-9 all-time against FBS competition. But, you know, you look back at the 2020 season when everything was changed due to the pandemic, the Camels actually played a four-game FBS season that year. And they were pretty competitive, and a lot of those guys are back from that team two years older. You look back at that season, they went at Georgia Southern, at Coastal Carolina, at Appalachian State, and at Wake Forest. They should have beaten Georgia Southern in that season opener. You've heard Mike Houston reference that game in this week's press conferences in terms of the quarterback, Hajj Malik Williams, how good he's looked. They lost that game 27-26, went for two at the end, did not get it after scoring with less than a minute to go. Competed at Coastal Carolina, lost 43-21, and then competed at App State, losing 52-21. They were hammered by Wake Forest 66-14, but playing four straight FBS games when you're a team like Campbell is not easy to do, so they kind of got worn down there. Uh, last year, don't let the record deceive you. Three and eight was the final mark. They did lose to Liberty forty-eight to seven in the opener, but they were three and one when their quarterback Haj Malik Williams went down with an injury. Then lost every game the rest of the way, and really, 
you look at this Campbell football team and they go as Malik Williams goes. Um, the guy is just a freak athlete, six foot, 205 pounds, good arm. He will make mistakes. He threw three interceptions against William and Mary last week. He threw nine interceptions as a freshman in 2019. Uh, he, th- he threw three in 2020 in that four-game span, but he just makes things happen. And if you let him get outside the pocket, he will beat you with his legs, averaging 4.2 yards per carry over his career, and that's with sacks thrown in. So he's probably averaging more like four, you know, five or six yards per carry. Blake Harrell referenced it in 2019 when he was a freshman at Campbell. He almost led the Campbells to a win over Kennesaw State. When Harrell was the defensive coordinator uh, with the Owls then. And he ran for over 100 yards that game, scored twice on the ground, also had a pretty good day passing. So there is that firsthand knowledge of Blake Harrell knows what he's getting into. And when you have a dynamic quarterback like Campbell has, regardless of what level of competition they are, it scares you because guys like that can take over football games. We saw Jack Chambers from Charleston Southern last year really just dominate the football game and almost single-handedly wield that Buccaneers team to a victory over ECU at home. So that worries you. ECU's got to do a much better job. They were very poor in that game from a discipline perspective, keeping Jack Chambers in the pocket. So this will be a good early season test for maybe some mobile quarterbacks later in the year uh, as they face Hodge Malik Williams. And if they do keep him in the pocket, if they can confuse him a little bit, this is this is the opportunity to potentially confuse him get some easy turnovers as well. Uh, we know that this East Carolina defense likes to be aggressive. It'll be interesting to see how Blake Carroll goes for it. Do they blitz a lot and risk, hey, if you get past that first line of defense on a blitz, then the quarterback has free lanes to run? Or do you drop more into coverage and make him read the defense, keep a spy on him? I tend to think they'll go more towards the latter. Maybe, of course, mix up some blitzes every now and then. But with the way we've seen Blake Carroll caught for the first two games, I think they'll be a little cautious um, and, and maybe try and force Malik Williams into being more of a quarterback rather than having the opportunity to scramble all over the field and make, make plays with his legs and with his right arm. The other thing, too, Campbell's got really good offensive tackles for their level. They got a transfer from Wake Forest who's like 6'8", 360. Big old boy, potential NFL pick. They also have a tight end slash receiver who's like six foot, 250 pounds, who's got a chance to uh, get some looks at the next level. And then defensively, they've got a defensive end, Brevin Allen, who was not given a committable offer by Scotty Montgomery's staff out of the state of North Carolina. He's gone on to become one of the best players in the FCS. So, again, this is a Campbell team that has some dangerous pieces. And if you take this game lightly – you're going to find yourself in some trouble at the end of the night. So hopefully ECU gets off to a good start. We know Campbell's going to come out fired up. This will be the biggest stadium, I believe, Campbell has ever played in at the FBS level. So they're going to be fired up. They've got a ton of North Carolina kids. Former ECU cornerback Jaden Chalmers is part of the Campbell roster. Not sure if he's playing or not. Did not see any statistics from Jaden through the first two games. But they'll be fired up, and if ECU can get off to a good start and kind of limit their early success, then you can really jump on them, maybe get their confidence down a little bit and pile on from there. But I expect this Campbell team to come out fighting. ECU's going to have to do the same. If they take it lightly like Charleston Southern, they will be in a four-quarter dogfight. I did reference earlier, I think ECU will be much much more ready for this game. 
I think part of that stems from last year's Charleston Southern game. You know, EC was feeling good about itself coming off a win at Marshall. I don't think they really took the Buccaneers seriously. I get a much different vibe this year. I think the coaching staff is on the players' tails. I think the players are ready to go. And I think, too, you know, they did beat Old Dominion, but I don't think anybody feels like they played their best brand of ball. So there's really an emphasis on getting better this week and improving a lot. And so I think because of that, we're going to see a very good effort out of this ECU football team on Saturday. So my prediction for this game, uh, if anybody cares, I'm going 42-10. to 10. ECU wins the game. They cover the 30-point spread. I think the Pirates will do a very good job. Uh, containing Hodge Malik Williams, I think they'll get a defensive score in this football game, and I think they'll have a big, big game all the way around. I think they'll have a solid performance, but would not be surprised if Campbell keeps it close for a half or so before ECU pulls away in the second half. My picks to click in this game, you know, I'm going with in the receiving game. I think. Isaiah Winstead is going to score his first touchdown as a Pirate, and I think he's going to have a 100-yard receiving day. So I'm going Isaiah Winstead in the receiving game. I just don't think Campbell has the personnel on the back end to hang with ECU's receiving. I think Holton Aylers is going to have a huge day while he's in the game. I think Winstead can have a big day. I just don't know if anybody can match up with him one-on-one. And then the guys in the slot, I think C.J. Johnson, Ryan Jones, Shane Calhoun, Maybe we see Hatfield back in the slot. I think they're all going to have a good day. I think ECU's passing game really going to put up some big numbers on Saturday. Defensively, I'm going to go with a bounce-back performance from cornerback Malik Fleming. He did not have his best game against Old Dominion. I think he's going to come back really strong. I think he's going to have a pick. Maybe he'll have his second career pick six, but I think he'll at least have one interception of Haj Malik Williams. And I like the Pirate defense overall to have maybe their best game of the year. Certainly from a scoring standpoint, but just all the way around. You know, I've seen some people predict a shutout. It's just really hard to shut out teams, especially when you have a dynamic quarterback like Campbell has. So I'm not going to predict a shutout, but I think ECU has a really sound defensive day and a really sound all-around effort on Saturday. So that'll do it for our preview of East Carolina and Campbell. I would like to again thank... Shane Carden for taking the time to hop on the Hoist of Colors podcast. I believe his debut on the HTC podcast. I've had him on Pirate Radio and other uh, places in the past, but this is his first appearance on the HTC podcast, I believe. So thanks to him for joining us here. Always great to catch up with the captain. All right, we will be back with you guys after the game, win or lose. We will talk about it on the Hoist of Colors podcast again. With it being a 6 p.m. kickoff, I won't be leaving the stadium probably till well after midnight. So look for a reaction podcast sometime Sunday, um, and we'll have that up then. And then, as always, we'll continue with our, our post-game coverage on hoistacolors.net. We will have game stories. We'll have our best performances. We'll have pro football focuses, grades, And then we'll turn the attention to the American Athletic Conference opener the next weekend against Navy. But for now, we're focused on ECU Campbell, and we'll have that coverage for you all weekend long on hoistacolors.net and on the Hoist of Colors podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk with you next time.
You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.